Welcome to the Positive Sports Podcast. I'll be your host this evening, Ed Montana. Alongside t- alongside me today, my co-host, in case y'all have forgot what he looks like, y'all must have forgot that great Roy Jones song, <laughs> my brother Alex. Alex, how you doing, buddy? What's up, man? You got tongue twisted there on the intro. It's been so damn long. Well, you know, I'm used to just talking about myself. I don't have to worry about anybody. I don't have to worry about listening to anybody. I just say whatever comes to my mind, which, by the way, I don't know if you watched last week's episode or if anyone if anyone listened to last week's episode, you know exactly where I'm going with this. Once I got started on the whole LeBron James thing, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. I got, yeah. more, I got more and more frustrated the more I thought about it as I was talking about it. And so, you know, I probably sounded like a LeBron hater, even though I'm not. But, um, yeah, it's just one of those things, man. Once you get started, you can't stop. It happens like that sometimes, man. You know, you just that that's what I call freestyling. You know, they could things just pop up in, in your mind as as you're talking about something else and it takes you somewhere else. And then next thing you know, you just you went on for, you know, a solid 10 15 minutes on 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 one on. it happens bro I didn't, happens. I, didn't even, I didn't even look to see how long it was but it was a while it was a while for sure so since we since i brought it up let's talk nba man uh the nba season is quickly coming to a close when does the season actually end next week because there's, there's four only- games left so i'm gonna say sunday is the last day not this sunday next sunday right so like the 23rd or whatever. Well, well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's the NBA, so it might be, you know, the Sunday, three Sundays from now. But no, I, I think I, it should be this Sunday. Yeah, I'm looking right now. No? Oh, it's Or maybe the Sunday. middle of the week? No, it's this Sunday. Wow. So we'll be talking yeah. – we'll be talking – when we do this uh, podcast next week, we will, we will be talking about the NBA playoffs. How exciting is that? Pretty damn exciting because uh, I don't care much for the uh, – this year I've paid less attention to the regular season uh, than prior years. I'm just not a fa- – you know, I've said this before, the the – of all of the major sports, right? Baseball, hockey, soccer, baseball, hockey, football, and basketball. To me, the regular season of the NBA is the most unwatchable. It's just, it, there seem to be just so many games where it's like guys are just going through the motion until they get to the fourth quarter and then they play the fourth quarter. It just, and, and there just seems to be no, I don't know, it just seems, the regular season just seems boring to me. And quite frankly, with this new playoff system, don't get me started. Um, I think it makes it even more, more irrelevant and boring. Really? I thought, I thought you would be for it. See, I actually think this, I mean, I've been keeping up some, but I haven't watched many games. But this season, there's an incentive for the seven, eight, nine, ten. Those teams that would, you know, bottom out with two weeks left, they're actually playing for something. I'm not a big fan of the format, but I'm not a big fan of teams that are on the cusp of making the playoffs tanking 
for a top 13 pick. So I actually like this format a little more than I dislike it. And I think it's good. And I think it's, it, it, it gives the NBA fan uh, a better product, you know, maybe not the casual, but I mean, you got, you know, San Antonio, the fans of the Spurs, the fans of the Warriors, they're still watching some basketball. Like the Warriors could have been a team that could have easily wrapped it up already. You know what I'm saying? If being, being the, the nine or 10 seed, Right. That could have been a team that Steve Kerr could have said, hey, Draymond, Steve Kerr, these guys are not playing. We're going to let the other guys play, see what we have, and look forward to next season. But they're not doing that. So, And I thought they definitely would because I thought they would be out of it. But the fact that they're in it to play in this playing game, I think it's, it's, it's made for a little better product in my eyes. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to agree to disagree on that one because all it's done is shift the meaning the meaningful games further down. So now you have crappy teams, crappier teams playing meaningful games. So, let me explain. Last year is 1 through 8, right? So the games being played by 7, 8, 9 and 10, those guys are meaningful, right? Because they're trying to get in. Now, with it being 9 and 10 getting in, the games that 7 and 8 are playing really aren't that meaningful. 9 and 10 are you know, trying to get in like they were before, only now they're actually in. And now 11 and 12 actually care about, about their games. So now you care about 9, 10, 11, and 12. And there's so many bad teams that here we are with four games left and there's only one team in the East that's not in the playoffs that's playing meaningful basketball, and that's the Bulls, and they're two and a half games out. So they're going to be playing meaningless games by the time the weekend rolls around. In the West, you've got two teams, right? 11 and 12 are still not mathematically eliminated, but they're, they're two and a half and three games out, so they're going to be eliminated today or tomorrow. It just doesn't – it doesn't – so we've, we've moved the important games down a notch – and it just doesn't do much for me. And again, we're talking about teams with 30 and 35 records. The Bulls at 29 and 39 still have a shot to make the playoffs. Like, that's insane. Like, if the Bulls go 4-0, and they could make the playoffs at 33 and 39. To me, that's just a bad product. I don't, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't see the point. In the famous words of LeBron James, Whoever came up with this shit needs to be fired. <laughs> Unless it affects my team. Oh, LeBron. Yeah, LeBron. Look. You know, I haven't even I, I haven't even watched Brooklyn Nets games because for me, my mentality my mentality is I, I believe the same thing as the team. It's championship or bust. I really stopped watching the Nets game because their season doesn't start for me until round one of the playoffs so it's really championship or nothing like i that's that's really all that is on my mind with the brooklyn nets and well and i'm ready i'm ready for that season to start because that's really all that matters and more importantly and and i'll tell you this so i don't i personally think home court advantage is is a big deal for some teams but not all teams like, I think Portland has a real home court advantage. But the Sixers and, like, and I'm just, I just picked Portland because that's one team that I thought of off the top of my head. 
the Sixers and the Nets, those teams could care less if they're one or two because there it's not home court advantage isn't going to matter in that series, right? Like I I think the Nets can win a series against the Sixers if the Sixers are the higher seed. And I think the Sixers can win a series against the Nets if the Nets are the higher seed. I think those two teams are close enough and good enough that I don't think home court advantage makes that much of a difference. And maybe I'm poo-pooing it a bit because it's not full arena and, you know, it's not going to be a raucous crowd or whatever, like it was a couple of years ago. So for those teams, I mean, there's really nothing to play for at this point. They're resting their guys, managing their minutes, making sure no one's hurt. Because honestly, an injury is worth far more than moving up one seed for those teams, right? You look out West, you got Utah and Phoenix. I don't think either one of those teams care if they're one or two because it, it's, it, it's going to make no difference to them, right? Even in the second round, assuming that it was... I think Utah does. You think Utah does? They have a yeah, little because it, you, advantage, I think. Yeah, Utah is always a tough place to play for the opposing team. So I'm pretty sure they want. But is it? And and look, I, I and I understand like they're not full arenas, but I think, you know, I think Philly's going to like 50%, you know? And I mean, this is the playoffs, man. Like 50% is going to sound like 100% when you play in places like Philly, Brooklyn, the Knicks, uh, you know, Utah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it, it, it matters. I, I just I, I guess I just don't see it. It matters. It matters because the players are getting are getting you know on. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, you know. Yeah. No. I, I mean, we'll we'll see for sure. Let's see. Um. So let's let's talk about the East. Um. You want to start at the bottom? The guys that are in the playing situation. It's pretty much set at this point with four games left. Right. Three, four, five games left. You've got the Celtics at seven, two points, two games behind the Heat at six. It's going to be hard for them to catch them. And then you've got the Charlotte Hornets at, at two games behind the Celtics, the Pacers one game behind the Hornets, and then the Wizards half a game behind the Pacers, and the Wizards are two and a half up on the Bulls. The Bulls are probably not going to make it. So I think we've got – I think we have our four. We'll get Celtics and Hornets in Boston for the right to be the seven seed. And then the loser of that game will play the winner of the Pacers and, and Wizards. The Pacers will play, they'll play that game in Indiana to see who's going to be the eight seed. Who do you think the two teams are that make the playoffs there? Uh, when I say the playoffs, I mean, you know, the seven and eight seed because that little play in tournament is not the playoffs to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. Boston is in trouble. I can tell you that right now because they're not good with, They've played pretty shitty basketball. Um, and I blame Kyrie Irving for that. That's a different story. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Does, does it matter? I mean, I, listen, in the East, look, in the East for me, it's 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 Philly and, and, and Brooklyn. Milwaukee got 150 points put on them last night by the Spurs. I mean – they're a fluke, man. They're a fluke. Uh, Boston is is not good. They lost Jalen Brown for the season. That's a huge problem. I mean, the Knicks might make some noise, depending. I mean, depends who they got to play in this. In this, they, they're going to get ousted in the second round. They're not going to beat Philly or or the Nets. 
you know? Yeah. So who else is there in the East that really, that really scares really, anybody? This is really my problem with, um, this is really my problem with the NBA playoffs to begin with, right? It's just, it's too many teams because the playoffs really should just be the top four. There's no, there's no one, there's no one from five down that to me really represents a real threat to go to the Eastern Conference Finals or even, even really to win a first round matchup. The Hawks might give the Knicks a tough time, but Milwaukee's going to steamroll through somebody. The Nets are going to steamroll through whoever they get. And the same thing with the Sixers. It just brings me back to my argument. I just don't see a need for more than four teams in the playoffs. I really don't. 14, no, you need more than four teams. Why? Because more is better. <laughs> nah, I mean, I, I, I'd rather, no, I, I like the 18 format. I'm, I'm good with that. I, I don't want to see just four teams Again, make it because, I mean, then you, you basically have to win your division to, nah, no. I don't like that. You just do the best. But um, now Miami's another team. Miami's another team that right now they would have to play Milwaukee. And I, I don't know that I trust Milwaukee to beat Miami. Miami's really hung around this season, man. I mean, they, you know, they play good ball. Yeah, I mean, the, Miami's probably the only team in that bottom half that can make some noise. A, they've done it before. B, I think they're better than what they've played this season. They've just they've had some injury problems, you know. And I think they're just kind of making their way through, but they look like they're playing good basketball now. So they could make some noise going up, but the rest of them, I mean, the Celtics, look, the Celtics for the Celtics, all you had to say is they lost Jalen Brown for the season. I think that pretty much, I think that pretty much seals it for them that they are, they are done. Yeah. They, they've been done, bro. Like, well, yeah, that I team mean, has not been good all year. They, they've been, they've been, They've had a couple of good games here and there, but yeah, they're very inconsistent. And uh, and and then the Jalen Brown thing to me just kind of puts the final nail in the coffin. Uh, it'll yeah. be fun. It'll fun. It'll be fun to see Westbrook in the playing game, uh, who's just a triple double machine. Um, it's a shame. I think that uh, we won't get to see the Bulls because Levine is is pretty cool to watch. But other than that, there's really not much to talk about in the in the East. At the end of the day, I think the Knicks are a nice story. I think the Heat might make some noise. But let's face it, we're all just counting down the days until we get the Sixers and the Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals. To me, this is like the, the rest of the playoffs are almost meaningless because that's the matchup everyone wants to see. I think that's the best matchup that we can get. And hopefully we get that. Hopefully there's not an upset somewhere along the way. But those two teams are, are what we need to have. Well, I mean, you know, that's why you play the games. You never know, man. Brooklyn has been, you know, KD's gotten hurt a couple times. Now Harden has been out a couple times. Uh, they got mm -hmm. a lot of guys that are new to the team. So you never know, man. An injury, one injury away could doom Brooklyn uh, NBA Finals hopes, and and you never know; it could open the door for somebody else. I mean, you know, that's why they play the games. So sure. I think sure. it'll be fun. I, I think it'll be fun and exciting. I actually like that Indiana Washington matchup. To be one honest game. with you, it's one for the game, playing right? game. 
that's the one cool thing. Game. That's the cool thing about the play-in thing. It's one game, right? Although for the seven, eight teams, it's really two games because you, if you win one, then you're in. If, if you lose that first one, then you can still win the second one. So for them, it's two right. games. But for everyone else, it's one, one and done, right? Back against the wall. Yeah. For the nine, 10 teams, it's your backs against the wall from the jump. And that could, you know, that's close enough that it could conceivably move around a little bit. Uh, let's move over to the West. Again, the interesting thing in the West to me gets when, when you get into this play-in tournament. So the Lakers are a game and a half behind Portland. Portland is at six. The Lakers are at seven. Two and a half down from there, you've got the Golden State Warriors. A half game behind them are the Grizzlies. And two games behind them are the San Antonio Spurs. They're two and a half up on the Pelicans. So much to the chagrin of the NBA, the Pelicans look like they are not going to get in the playoffs. And you know the NBA is dying to have Zion Williamson in the playoffs. But it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Uh, nah. Do you do you think we end up with these four: the Lakers, Warriors, Grizzlies, and Spurs, uh, just like that in the uh, in the in the final tally? I mean, the, the Lakers are a game and a half behind the the Trailblazers. That's tough. I hope so. I kind of like these these two matchups. You know, Memphis got a young team, John Morant. The Spurs, they also have some good young players and. They always, they're always in games for some reasons. And, you know, the Lakers and the Warriors, you got LeBron versus fucking Steph Curry. You got Anthony Day. I mean, it's, yeah, there's some juice here, I think. And, and, and I kind of like it. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree so, with that. With as, much, as much as I don't like the playing stuff, that Lakers Warriors game, that's got some sizzle. I like that. Especially if the Warriors can win, because then LeBron's got to play one more. Now, LeBron finally comes back on Wednesday against the Knicks, allegedly. So, you know, it, that team with LeBron, especially if he's healthy, that's a different team. That's not a seven seed. That's not an eight seed. You know what I mean? Well, he's not going to be healthy because he already said he's never again going to be 100% healthy. So he's not healthy. Ever? That's what he said. I didn't hear that. You said it. Ever again. In quotes. Huh? It's in quotes. He's too busy campaigning for people to get fired to be healthy. Right. Yes. Yes. When convenient, when convenient for LeBron. Exactly. Exactly. So the, the part that will be very interesting is if he's healthy or close to healthy, let's say, and they come back, Let's say they beat the Warriors, or even if they lose to the Warriors and then beat the winner of the Grizzlies and and Spurs, they'll be a seven or eight seed. They will be going up against the Utah Jazz or the Phoenix Suns, which you know both of those teams have to be hating the play-in tournament now because you know neither one of them wants to play LeBron, <laughs> and you know they were probably like, you know, I wish LeBron hadn't gotten hurt so he hadn't have fallen all the way down into that seven, eight, nine, ten. And here's the thing. If he plays this week and he plays the play-in game against the Warriors, that's one more game to get him in game shape so that maybe he can be healthy. Yeah, I, I don't healthy or not healthy, I, I don't think the Lakers are beating Utah or Phoenix. 
Really? Yeah. Look, man, LeBron is great, but he's got a lot of miles on those ankles. Anthony Davis is just now kind of coming to form. Who else do the Lakers have? I mean, is Kuzma going to, you know, he's had spurts where he's played really good games this season, but can he do it for a whole series? Like if, like if LeBron goes down and, and Anthony Davis is having an off night, like can Kuzma step up? I, I don't know, man. The Lakers had one of the best defenses for, for most of the, you know, for like first half of the season. I don't, it's not the same anymore. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, you know, and their coach is not exactly one of, you know, like an all time great coach. So who is I think coach? they're going to have trouble. Vogel? Frank Vogel. Yeah, Vogel. And, and Utah, Utah is a team that can shoot lights out from three point. Uh, they got a lot of shooters. They, they, their bench is pretty good. You know, Phoenix, Devin Booker's first time in the playoffs. I think he's going to have a pretty good postseason. Chris Paul has been huge for that team. I don't think they'd be either, either of them. I think it'll be the most entertaining first-round series out of all of them, really. I, I can't think of a better I mean that Dallas Denver series is gonna be good. Um, right now they're they're sitting at four and five. Um, is a possibility that the you know the, that Portland could overtake Dallas or that uh, the Nuggets could overtake the Clippers and move that around. But you know, that four or five series will be good. But other than that, I mean there's really no good series except for whatever series the Lakers are in, provided LeBron's healthy. If LeBron's healthy. Man, that's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch him deal with Utah or Phoenix. Um, any chance they get the, they lose two in a row here at the end and get bounced from the playoffs? You think? I mean, it could happen. I mean, it's it's possible, man. I mean, at this point, I mean, what if LeBron comes back and he gets hurt? It happened to Anthony Davis, didn't it? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I don't know, man. Look, the one team that I like that everyone is overlooking and that has probably maybe the top top three, top definitely top five in my eyes, player in the league. And I think this I think this team is gonna struggle, but they're gonna find their groove eventually. And it could even be in the first round. It's the Clippers. I feel like everybody has forgot about Kawhi Leonard and I understand they choked last year and Paul George is not, you know, he, he, he hasn't played exactly how, you know, they expected or how we expected, but I would watch, I would watch for the Clippers, man. I think they, uh, I think they're better than, you know, I think they're better than what most people are thinking i'd agree with so, you there i think the, that's just um, my opinion i i'd agree with you i think the clippers are being overlooked and it's really kind of weird because let's face it they have a guy on that team who has already done it once right he they have a guy on that team who has thrown a team on his shoulder and taken him to an nba title so it's kind of weird that that we are kind of overlooking him part of it is just his persona right he's not the most you know, he's not giving all the interviews and he's not the most flamboyant guy. And 
yada 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 right he's very quiet but they they are kind of scary to me yeah so we'll see uh should be good i mean i i I, the west does look a little more entertaining but um but i'm excited for these playoffs i think i think it's going to be good i i think these play-in tournament games will provide some NCAA tournament type of feel. And, I mean, if, if we like March Madness, then I think this is, this is perfect. I think it's perfect. Yeah, the, the, I, and I think it's the one-game nature of it, right? Every single one of these playing right. is basically a game seven. So, uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a lot of fun in that regard. Uh, even if the quality of play is not super great, you know what I mean? We're not talking about great teams here playing, playing each other. Um, any other takeaways from the NBA? At this point, Jokic should win MVP. I was on the Embiid bandwagon <clears throat> for most of the season. I was also on the Dane Lillard bandwagon because at some point, I mean, he was, you know, with McCullum out, he was, he was carrying that squad for like two months. Yeah. And they hung around. They, I think they got as high as the four seed, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, there's a six seed right now. I think, you know, they've kind of, his stats has have tailed off a little bit, partially because McCullum is back. But I mean, what Jokic has done, uh, I know he's the four seed right now, but what he's done is, um, is is crazy and I, I you know that's with uh Jamal Murray going down you know Utah and Phoenix just got off to a great start Denver got off to a slow start so don't let them don't let that the fact that they're the four seed fool you he's played I mean his stats are fucking incredible yeah he's he's had a hell of a say in beads MVP but right now I, I would give it to Jokic uh, yeah, I mean that, that. There's an argument to be made there for sure. Um, I'm I'm torn between Jokic and and Embiid, um, but I mean as far as just it, it's hard it's hard to it's hard to figure out which one of those guys um, I would give it to. You know, and the other guy that is not getting a whole lot of run in in the MVP talk, but probably deserves uh, to be in that conversation. Steph Curry. I mean, Steph Curry, that team is, uh, that team is really, it's a, it's pretty much a one man show. And, um, and I mean, he's, he's just doing, he's just doing the damn thing. He is incredible at this point. And um, yeah, you, you know, he's going to get them in the playoffs uh, and it's, it's, it's him because the rest of that team really has not done much at this point in the season or really throughout the season. So Steph Curry, I think should get some mention in there. Other guys that you talked about, I agree with, you know, Dame Lillard, you're right. He's tailed off a little bit, which is probably going to hurt his chances. Um, Embiid, we already mentioned, Jokic. Um, I'll tell you another guy too. And I know, you know, is, is, is Kyrie Irving. I mean, He's played, you know, while Harden and, and Durant have gone. He's been the common denominator. Like, he hasn't missed many games aside from the ones that, you know, he went off to party at a bar mitzvah or whatever. But, you know, he took some time off. Look, we all need some PTO in our lives, all right? Um, but, I mean, he's played great basketball. I think he's got he's, – he's shooting, like, almost 50% from 
from three point, forty percent off the floor, ninety from from free. Like he's he's yeah. had some pretty good games, man. Yeah, that that guy on the floor is great. It's unfortunately, I think all of the negative publicity and the time off and the just I think the weirdness is gonna is gonna push people away. I think if you ask most basketball people, most basketball gurus, they'd say yes. But I, and I don't know who votes for the MVP in the NBA. But if it's just reporters who you know have their own opinions about whether the Earth is flat and stuff like that, eh, they they that will probably hurt him. And unfortunately, so because you're right on the court, he's been he's been fantastic. He really has. And, you know, we haven't heard a peep from him in a couple of months. So, you know, coming down the stretch, that's certainly a good sign for the Nets. The Nets need to get healthy. Chris Chris Paul's another one. He deserves some MVP mentions. I was just about to say that. His numbers may not be as great, but what he's done for that team, my goodness. I mean, it's... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, the, the, the steady hand of a veteran leader, you know... You can't really put a value on that. And look, they're the two seed, and he's a big reason why. You know, and it's not it's not all stats. So, right. yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, you know, the, the Knicks will get a lot of talk. Julius Randle will get some talk. Maybe not for MVP, but he's certainly the most improved player in the league this year, and, uh, and, and rightfully so. I mean, he's kind of – I'm not going to say he's come out of nowhere. He's been a good player before, a decent player. But this season, he has really ramped it up, being a true leader on that team. Um, you know, the the I think the hopes are high in New York for the Knicks going forward, not just this season, but going forward. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, yeah, it, it should be. I mean, uh, plus, you know, they're, they're the Knicks. They play Madison Square Garden, and they're going to get a lot of publicity you know what I mean like plus this is a team that hasn't really done much in the past 20 years so once they have a season like this you know that ESPN and everybody will will start talking about them let's see how they how they handle all that though now you know this is not you know let's see how they handle it because now the spotlight's going to be on them and you know yeah it's a, games games are going to count a little more, and so we'll see. I'm 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 surprised by the season they've had. I believe they've had a very good season. Maybe overachieved a little bit because I, I didn't expect them to do all this, but uh, you know we'll see. Come come playoff time. I mean they would have to play. I mean they would have to play the Sixers. They're not fucking beating the Sixers. They should beat the Hawks. I don't think the Hawks are that good. I'd agree with you there, but, but um, yeah, I mean it's it, it's good for New York. It's good for basketball. Anytime you got the Lakers and the Knicks, and you know, the, and they're good, and you know, it's great for for the NBA. But for sure, yeah, we, uh, we'll you know, see. They're they're a team that's on the move upward, but I yeah, there's still a significant gap between them and the, uh, you know, the very top echelon of the East, even when you're talking about the Sixers yeah. and the Nets and heck, even the Bucks, I think are probably too much for the Knicks right now, but you know, you got to walk before you can, uh, you got to crawl before you can walk. And uh, that seems to be exactly what they're doing at this point. You know, they're getting better. So 
<clears throat> That's good. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> just wanted to just wanted to remind everybody that you can catch this wonderful podcast on YouTube. You can also catch it on Podbean, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, I can't think of any other platforms, but you know, it's all over the place. You can catch it. If you want to contact the show, you can email us positive sports, 10 at gmail.com positive sports, one zero at gmail.com. If you want to get on my, get a hold of my brother, Alex, Alex, how do they do that? On Twitter at Brooklyn Gaucho one. Excellent. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can do so on Twitter as well. I'm at emontana21, and we can talk uh, sports or anything else you want to talk about. Um, let's move on to the wonderful world of baseball. <clears throat> the season is now a month old. I'm going to just open it up to you. Tell me what. Tell me what you want to talk about. What are your big surprises? What are you happy to see? What are you sad to see? Uh. I'm surprised at all these no hitters early on. Four already? Four. Five? Four? Four. Four. Four in one month. That's a, that's lot. a lot. Early on, early in the season, that's a lot. Yeah. And it's not, it, I mean, they're all good pitchers, right? But it's not your top tier pitchers that are throwing these no hitters, you know? It's, yeah. uh, it's guys that, you know, you, you might not have even heard of, like, you know, the guy from Baltimore. I, don't, I can't even remember his name. John Means. John, John Means. I thought that's what his name was, but I was thinking of Tim Means, who's a UFC fighter. And I was like, no, it's not Tim. Uh, but yeah, the no hitters, you know, it's, um, I watched a video uh, not too long ago about how to make baseball more popular. And so one of the things they talked about was on the field, right? What's going to make the game more popular is not necessarily more offense, but more action, right? More balls being hit, put in play. So you can see, you know, uh, those top 10 candidates for ESPN and things like that. And it, it seems like we're getting less and less of that because the pitchers, the pitchers have started off very dominant. And on the other side, the action from the hitters, there's a lot of long balls. So the baseballs are, you know, might be juiced, whatever, but we're not getting a lot of activity on the field. It's, it's kind of boom or bust. But the pitchers, the pitchers are, the pitchers are really dominating the game right now. I think, I think hitting is down. I don't have the stats in front of me, but hitting is down from previous years. So it's not just those four no hitters. It's pitching in general. Yeah, I agree. I also agree that we can blame the umpires for that because there's a lot of balls that are out of the strike, a lot of pitches that are out of the strike zone being called strikes and a result resulting in strikeouts. I mean, do you think, I mean, the umpires have been really bad this year. Like you, they've been really bad. Here's a question though, Alex, do you think the strike zone is bigger than it? Like, are they calling a bigger strike zone? Or do you think it's moving? I, don't have it. I think it's whatever the hell the home plate umpire feels like calling right after that pitch. Because I've seen the strike zone wide and I've seen the small strike zone. 
I mean, I've seen two pitches where they were in the same exact location, maybe a couple inches, you know, up from another. And one was called the ball and the other was called the strike. So, like, here, here, here's what I feel. Here, here, I don't have an answer for that. Here's what I feel about the strike zone. I think the strike zone has moved. I think the strike zone is lower because you don't get the high strike anymore. The strike right here, right, right at the top of your stomach, right at the, at the bottom of the letters, they don't call that mm. strike anymore. And the strike at the knees, they go quite a bit down from the knees. Now, I know you see a lot of guys throwing some hard sliders and, 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 and pitches that really dip, and maybe that's what's doing it. But it seems to me like the strike zone is the same, the same size. It's just moved down a little bit because I don't, I don't see any – and pitchers aren't pitching up there. Pitchers are not pitching in the top of the zone. They're pitching at the bottom of the zone because I think that's where they're getting more strikes, and it's causing the batters – to swing at more low pitches, including some bad ones that they can't possibly hit because they're in the dirt. So you're see, I think that's where, to me, that's where yeah, you're but, seeing the, the the strikeout increase. Yeah, no, but how do you explain the ones that are outside and inside, too far outside, too far inside? I that mean, is, the, they're, they're blowing, they're blowing those too. Here's my thing: baseball, the TV stations should not show me that little square anymore i don't want to see the square because you show me the square for what so i can see that the pitch was on the black or inside the strike zone and you're still going to call it a so what do i care what the strike zone the umpires are not seeing the, the freaking little square why don't they put the square up on the jumbotron so the umpire can look up there after every pitch and call it seriously because it just makes no sense it's irritating as a, as a as a fan as a baseball fan it's a little irritating you know what i mean like they have there's a twitter account that has scorecards like official scorecards for mlb umpires and some of them are good you know some of them some of them are bad and some of them are angel hernandez bad you know and it's like what the hell and i understand you know these guys are human human error that's why there's replay Sometimes they don't even use replay the right way, but that's a different story. And I understand they're going to make mistakes and then get every single call right. But if you're going to show me the strike zone and there's a pitch that's six inches off the plate and you're going to call that a strike, well, then, then which one is it? Like, I mean, what the fuck? Here's my problem. I agree with you. Don't show me the square until you put the square. And by the way, it's not a square. It's a rectangle. But don't, don't show me the rectangle until you put it in the right place. Because that's the other problem with it. If you watch this. It looks video, like it's in the right place. Not at, not, not at the bottom of the zone, it's not. It is never. Yeah, no, no. It, it's it's it from is, the knees is, to the letters. It rarely, it is rarely at the knees. It is lower than the knees. And here's the thing. I've seen games. I watched the Astros and Yankees the other day. And the square looks exactly the same for Jose Altuve as it does for Aaron Judge. And there's no way it should be the same size. If they move it, but it shouldn't be the same size. There's simply no way, right? One guy is a yeah, foot shorter right. than the other. And so that's my problem with the square. I don't know why they can't put it at the knees, but they they don't. I, I mean, I 
I can flip the game. I can flip whatever game's on right now and tell you that they don't. And quite frankly, the square is simply there to get people like you and me to complain about the umpires because umpires have been calling small strike zones, large strike zones, inside, outside. I mean, when we were little kids, when we were kids, right, playing at 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, what did coach always tell the leadoff batter to do if he got out? Go back to the dugout and tell your teammates what the pitcher is throwing and what the umpire is calling. So we've been doing this since way before we had the little square on TV. So I feel like the right. square on TV is just out there to irritate people and cause people to, to complain about it. I think it's dumb. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't think it's there for that. It's just technology. You know what I'm saying? It's, a, it's just technology. You know? but, but yeah, you're right. I mean, at, well, at this point, I think us fans have every right to complain. And some of the players do too, some of the batters, because the, the pitches are just out, the calls are just outrageous in my eyes. But, and it kind of sucks that, I mean, I, I've noticed it a lot, bro. Like, I mean, I've watched every single Met game. And not every game there's a bad call in the strike zone, but I mean that. So, I think the fact that they're off by so much, the fact that you're showing me the strike zone and you're off by that much, is is a problem, you know. Right. And you know, you kind of, you kind of scroll through Twitter or whatever, you read the you know MLB.com, and that, that's an issue ongoing, you know, around the majors. It's not just with the Mets; it's it's ongoing with the majors. So. Yeah, it's they need to address that's it. That's an issue. They need to address it. I'll tell you what um what what struck me, or I, I shouldn't say it's kind of sad that this is what struck me, but one of the things that um I feel really sad about in the first month of the season was Albert Pujols uh being designated for assignment and basically, you know. He's basically going to have to retire because no one's going to pick him up. No farewell tour for Pujols. No uh, no ceremonies at different ballparks around the league. I don't know if the Angels were going to play the Cardinals this year, but it would have been neat if, if they were. Um, it's it's kind of sad. I'm not saying it's wrong, but it is sad. He's a hell of a baseball player, has been a hell of a baseball player for very many years. And it's just kind of sad to see it end like this, you know, for a lot of other guys, you get the the farewell tour. He's a, unfortunately, he's not going to get that. Um, he's just going to be uh, kind of. Now, is he retiring after this year? Like, did he say he's retiring? I don't think he did, but he's in the last year of a 10 year contract. So I would guess that he was going okay. to. So two things. I believe he agreed with this and that he doesn't want a farewell tour. That's number one. And number two, somebody he's going to play somewhere. For, someone's going to sign him or he's going to come back next year and do it. But I, I, I don't, I don't think he, I don't think he wanted a farewell tour tour. I don't know about that, but he's not coming back. I, I don't think anyone's going to sign him. He's, He's pretty well past his prime. I mean, he 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 can only he can only play first base in DH. And hey, Julio Franco played until like fifty. Yeah, Who but Julio, play one more season. Julio Franco was still 
productive. Oh, yeah, he was and, in shape. Yeah, yeah, I know. And here's the other thing about Julio Franco, and I don't know this about Pujols one way or the other. Julio Franco stayed hung around the major leagues for a long time as a pinch hitter. He sat on the bench, came in in the seventh inning to try to get you a hit out of the eight hole, right? Yeah. Or pinch hit for yeah. a pitcher. So if Pujols is willing to do that, he may be around for a couple of years. But I get the feeling that he's not going to be willing to do that. You know, he, those are different careers, right? Like Julio Franco was never a mega superstar like Albert Pujols. So it's a big drop down for him. I don't know that he's going to do it. Regardless, I'm sad that he didn't get the farewell tour. I'm sad that he didn't get to just play out the season and, you know, make an announcement on Twitter or Instagram or hold a press conference or whatever to say he's retired. You know, when you get designated for assignment in the middle of the season, especially early in the season, I mean, do you even have to have a press conference at the end of the year to say you're retired? It's just kind of sad, you know, like I just wish he had a better walk out the door than, you know, getting DFA'd. Just my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Who knows what happened behind closed doors? Yeah, yeah. The other, um, I'll tell you what's been a pleasant surprise, and this may not be for everyone, right? But, man, the Boston Red Sox are playing some some good baseball. I mean, they started off good the first week or two of the season. I thought they may just fizzle real quick. But that team means business. I mean, that lineup is hitting from top to bottom, and uh, they're scoring runs at a frantic pace. It's been a lot of fun watching them play. And they're three games up on the Yankees and the Rays in the AL East. And I know it's early, but, you know, a lot of times you get off to a good start, you can run this all the way out to the postseason. Uh, So they've been a pleasant surprise to me. Yeah, I mean, they've, yeah, uh, probably surprised to everybody. But yeah. you know, long season. I don't. I don't know about riding to. I don't know about riding this to the postseason. But you know, it, well, yeah, we'll yeah, see. I mean, I mean, it's a long season. You're right. It is a long, a long, a long way to go. What What's going to be interesting is, and we're starting to hear about some cases, right? The Yankees, their third base coach is po- positive for COVID. Um, Tatis tested positive for COVID, uh, and a couple other Padres players may have as well. It'd be interesting to see how that wrecks havoc because unlike other sports in baseball, if you have to, if you have to sit out for 10 days, that's eight, 10 games, right? That's a, that's a big chunk. Yeah. Um, What do you make of the Dodgers and their, their terrible hitting right now? Uh terrible and a little bit of unlucky i mean they just don't they have like a few injuries dustin may um that's a picture he doesn't hit um yeah but still yeah uh, i mean i mean they got a plus 32 run differential so i mean they're fucking hidden well it's been mostly like the last week or two it hasn't been all season the last week or two they've been terrible they got swept by the cubs and those weren't exactly well. Ever since, ever since the Padres took three out of four, that was a great series, wasn't it? You earlier this yeah. year, that, wasn't it? You earlier this year that said there's no rivalry because the Dodgers won three in a row. Yes, I don't. I, 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 I still believe there is no rivalry at all. Well, None. They're four and three, three and four now. No, yeah, that's fine. I mean, they. 
yeah, I don't, I mean, what, seven games? I'm yeah. a, no, it's not a rivalry. Those two are going to be, no. look, as much as those two are going to fight with each other, the Giants have a two-game lead on the Padres, three on the Dodgers. So the Giants, that's another surprise, right? I don't think anyone expected the Giants huh? to be hovering around the top of that division. Of course, on the on the flip side, you've got the the teams like the Rockies and the Tigers, who are just awful at this point. Yeah, you know who's gotten off to a really rough start too is uh, the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, they're twelve and twenty. Yeah, they have, which is kind of surprising. That's a you figure with that much again. That's a team that relies mostly on hitting, and the hitting just hasn't been there this season. The pitchers have really yeah. dominated this year. I'd be curious what the league average is this year compared to last year and the year before. Well, you know, the baseball said they were going to dead the balls for this season. Yeah, but home runs aren't down. Right, but I mean, your average, you know, ball hit with a fucking launch degree angle of, you know, whatever, whatever, X, Y, Z at exit velocity, X, Y, Z would have been a home run last year, but it's not a home run this year. Why? Because the balls are dead. I'm just saying. I wonder if they, I wonder if they have, uh, I wonder if they have um, dead in the balls. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I find it, Odd that baseball would, or somebody would put something out like that. But it, it, I mean, now that you mentioned, you know, pitching dominating, I mean, are strikeouts up or 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 are they the same? No, strike, strikeouts are up. No, strikeouts are up. Home runs are up or flat, but batting average I think is down, and it's runs scored. Batting average is down because there more and more teams are getting more into this whole shifting thing. Dude. Maybe that's what baseball meant by dead in the ball. We're going to have the umpires just pretty much, you know, call whatever they want, wherever they want. I'll tell you what, if I'm I'm a left-handed bat, right? If a team ever shifted on me, I would bunt until they stop shifting. All day long. Right? I don't know why they do it. And And like even... So you're down 5-2 in the eighth inning, and you're leading off, and they shift. I'm like, nah, bro. Bunt. Nah, bitch, I'm going to punt. You know you know why? Because baseball is really funny, right? A pop-up a pop, uh, pop in foul territory, and the guy in the field that drops it, you know, what happens the next pitch? Usually the guy hits a home and makes him pay for it, right? Right, right, right. That's kind of like something similar. Oh, you want to put the shift on me? Well – you know, I'll bunt, and then the next guy, you don't want to put the shift on, is just going to jack it out the park. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it in a in a three run game. I think it was five two or or six three, in the eighth inning, and they shift on a left handed batter, and I'm like, bro, I mean, you can't hit a three run home run leading off the eighth. What are you going to do? Right. Wait until the ninth to try to get base runners? No, do it now. And I'm telling you, I would do it every single time. I would lead the league in bunt hits because I would do it once a game until people stopped doing it. Because it's bullshit. They basically put, I mean, you see the Astros, 
they, they have two right fielders and three infielders on, 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 you know, and two infielders on, on that side of the field. I mean, cause Altuve plays short, right. It's crazy. It's there's no, li- I wouldn't bunt. Altuve literally, li- literally plays short, right. <laughs> literally. <laughs> He's short. He should have been a shortstop. Yeah. Yeah. Why is he a second baseman and not a shortstop for crying out loud? Come on. All right. Uh, let's see. What, what else you got, man? Or you want to hear? Huh? Did you hear Oakland might be moving? I'm surprised they're still there. I thought they were going to move. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, look, I haven't like, been, I haven't been to Oakland since uh the mid 90s. Like I went one time in the mid 90s and I thought I'm never coming back. There's no yeah. reason to ever go back to Oakland. I went to a baseball game and I was like, this is a dump. I'm never yeah. coming back here. And amazingly, I thought for sure several times now I thought they would move and they have it. You know where they're going to end up, right? Vegas. Vegas. It has to be Vegas. Vegas. Right? With the Raiders. It only makes sense. Right? Yeah. that's. I mean, that's the first thing. When I saw that headline, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, they're moving to Vegas with the Raiders. How yeah, could you- I would love for Montreal to get a team bag just because I like their jerseys. But Yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't – I'm not a big fan of going back up to Canada. Like, I like the fact that Toronto is playing their home games in Florida. Let, let Canada have yeah, hockey. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't. Yeah, I guess. They have basketball, too, there. Yeah. We ought to get rid of that, too. We gave them two. No, games. we can't get rid of basketball. Yeah, basketball in Canada? We need to get rid of that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Got to spread the game, bro. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get rid of those London games too. You need to cut that out. Oh well, that yeah. I mean, you got guys traveling freaking across the world for a damn football game. What I don't understand is if you want to spread the game, why not take it to places that we don't have it here, right? Like for example, Idaho. I was gonna say Idaho, but then I thought of, of a better place, Omaha. Why don't we take baseball more baseball games to Omaha? They have a great tradition with the College World Series. It would do well, maybe not for a full season, right? But it would do well. Toledo, Toledo really supports. Well, there you go. Toledo really supports their minor league team. Why not put a few games in Toledo? Because that's what they are. It's a it's a minor league. They're minor league cities. It's not going to withstand 162 games. They don't have enough. I'm not it, saying it's... I'm not saying put a put a major league baseball team there. I'm saying oh, oh, oh. I'm saying you know, have a series in Toledo, have a series in, gotcha. you know, have a gotcha, series gotcha. in different places uh, around, around the country that do not have teams. Portland, not before that. Why doesn't Portland have a baseball team? Uh, you know, they don't have a professional baseball team. Send teams there to play a three game set in Portland. Yeah, that would work. Just a thought. Arkansas. Yeah. Why is there... New Orleans. There's no team in New Orleans. Send teams to play a three-game set there. There used to be the New Orleans Zephyrs. That was the Mets affiliate. 
It was a minor league team, though. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, no, but I'm saying send a major league team to play a three-game series in New Orleans. You know, and it'd be Nashville. Nashville would be a nice place, right? I mean, you could do it. You You could probably find decent cities where you could have it would be 15 series, right? That would be all 30 teams would have to do it. All 30 teams would have to sacrifice, make it a make it a make it a two game series, right? And every every single team has to sacrifice one home game. You're asking for too much. I know. <laughs> I know. That alone, I know a team that. having to sacrifice a home game ain't happening, bro. Buffalo. Send the team up to Buffalo. That, that's where they play. That's where they play now. Who? Toronto, the Blue Jays. No, they play in Florida. I thought. No, I thought that was the Toronto Raptors that are playing in Florida. I thought I thought they played in Buffalo. No, I think the Blue Jays playing playing. Uh, are think, they? I think the Blue Jays are playing in 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 Florida somewhere. Okay, I I, I could be wrong. I mean, I'm 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 wrong ninety nine percent of the time. Um, and then you know here hold on now you got me all curious yeah I thought they were playing in in the same stadium they did last year no they're going to play their 2021 home games in Florida oh okay all right all right all right yeah make them play in Buffalo in early April where there's still snow on the ground Buffalo would be cool. Oh yeah, it'd be cool. Too cold though. It'd be too cool. cold. It'd be cool. It'd be cold. It'd be awesome. Yeah. See, no. See, that's that's another thing that I now nah, baseball needs to go away with so many games in in cold cities. I don't understand why they don't just schedule. Like, why don't they just unbalance the scheduling and just play a shit ton of games in the south? And then play more games in the summer up north. That's it. Right? So the Marlins just played. The Marlins just had the Phillies, the Mets, the Nationals just coming one after the other in April. So you don't have to worry about it. Because that is such a logical and, you know, way of thinking that it just makes too much sense to do. So they don't do it. That's the most sensical comment you've made tonight. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man, let's wrap this up. As always, folks, we appreciate you listening, watching. Don't forget to comment, subscribe, uh, like, whatever you do on these damn videos and podcasts or whatever. I don't even know anymore. I just subscribe and and they hit my phone and they hit my phone. Uh, But as always, we appreciate you watching and listening with us. I mentioned earlier how you can reach out to us email via email at positive positive sports10 at gmail.com, positive sports10 at gmail.com. You can get a hold of Alex on Twitter at Brooklyn Gaucho1. You can get a hold of me on Twitter as well at eMontana21. And that is a wrap. You got anything else, Alex? Uh, no, I've been out for so long that. I don't, I don't have anything else. It all went away. I have just one more thing. As always, folks, ignore the negativity. Be the positivity.
Peace.